The Con Guy Show, the official program of theconguy.com, is heard on the We Be Geeks Collective and on Sci-Fi.Radio. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Hello, I am the monster of the Monster Sci-Fi Show. You may be confused, but I am the superior version of the monster, and not just some variant, much like me. This podcast is burdened with glorious purpose. I'm here to say this podcast delivers timely sci-fi and pop culture news plus movie and TV commentary reviews. In the end, is this not simpler? Subscribe to the Monster Sci-Fi Show. It's sci-fi. From a certain point of view, the Monster Sci-Fi Show is part of the ESO Network. We're the Con Guys, and this is the Con Guys Show, coming to you straight from the nerdy heart of Hollywood, California. And this is Jim with theconguy.com. She's been here with theconguy.com. Katie here, a.k.a. the Con Girl. Zordon did not want five teenagers with attitude. My name is Derek Sam. I'm Danae Sams, and that's my brother. We are your home for news opinions, and interviews from the world of Comic-Cons and fandoms, your ultimate insiders for all things Just figured out how to use my microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Hey, we didn't want to tell you on every other show we couldn't hear you at all. And it's usually yeah. like over there or something or up turned off or unplugged. But anyways, welcome everybody to the Con Guy Show, where we ain't afraid of no ghost. And we ain't afraid to prove it. <laughs> ah, there it is. This oh, is the, the best <laughs> picture I think I've seen in weeks and weeks. Ben, what <laughs> is this? So uh, the local nerd bar here in Hollywood, California, uh, which is called Scum and Villainy Cantina, uh, held a special event um, last weekend uh, approaching the release of the new Ghostbusters film. Uh, and they did it in conjunction with the L.A. Ghostbusters, who are a, oh, they're a cosplay group, and they go to different events, and they raise money, and they go visit kids in the hospital and that sort of thing, uh, and they do all kinds of fundraising for uh, stuff like that. And so they did this kind of pre-Ghostbusters event. Um, they had special cocktails. They had uh, trivia, and uh, we went to this thing, and it was packed. <laughs> Uh, but that was my wife and I. She dressed as kind of a cute, sexy Ghostbuster, uh, you know, cute, cute girl version, you know, of uh, Ghostbuster. I think she's um, Ray Stance. I think her name tag said Stance. And she, of course, bedazzled the name tag and the little ghost logo on the shoulder. <laughs> and then I, of course, went as Zool. <laughs> the lovely Zool. And uh, I'm actually exposing my nipple in this picture. Yeah, it's um, but uh, but it's a boy nipple, so it's okay. Not safe um, for work. <laughs> you, you should have put a pasty on still, like a Ghostbuster yeah. pasty. Yeah, I think the little that, pasty. Ben, I think you guys need to do more like gender swap. Things. We've done it, you know, we've done it once before in the past when we went to a Halloween party a number of years ago and she was sexy Jon Snow and I was Daenerys Targaryen. <laughs> and I like doing it because Brie always finds these like, sexy chick versions of the male character and then i just dress up in the costume of the female character like not gender bent or anything just me dressed as a woman and uh i love it i think it's hilarious and i have a lot of fun doing it it's a little harder to, to think of like to make like 
sexy costumes for men. So you just kind of got to go with the natural sexiness, I think. Uh, right. You don't in... think men are sexy, Katie? No, we I'm are. just saying there's a female <laughs> sexy version for pretty much every costume. That's like, yeah. true. Yeah. So. This is true. Uh, a number of years ago at San Diego Comic-Con, I dressed as sexy sloth from the Goonies. <laughs> um, How is that word? possible? So I was just, I was me and I was a little thinner then and I had like muscles and I had the cut off Superman shirt and then the, the pirate's hat. And then I was just like wearing eyeliner. Like, I feel like I remember this. A weird male model thing. I don't know. It was fun. Is there a pin where you go around? Hey, you guys. I did. I did. And I would hand people Baby Ruth candy bars. Baby Ruth. There you go. Everybody, welcome to our Black Friday week con guy show. Um, this week we're going to be discussing the brand new Ghostbusters film, Ghostbusters Afterlife, and we have a variety of opinions on this. Not dun, really, dun, just dun. two. <laughs> no, it, it is the latest installment and perhaps one of the most beloved franchises I think of all time. I lo- even though there's really there were only really two OG Ghostbuster movies, and then we started, and then we made a the 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 one from 2016 which um, had the highest opening numbers of any of the Ghostbusters movies. And then uh-huh. this one, I know, I know. Crazy, isn't it? And then we have this one. So we're going to talk tonight about whether or not this is a worthy addition to the um, the franchise. Ben. Blood good. <laughs> All right. And then, hello, Nathan Rita. Good to thank you guys for joining us tonight. My name is Jim. I am the editor-in-chief of theconguy.com and one of your co-hosts tonight. And to my left, in the middle square, that's you, Luke. <laughs> left. I get, yeah, I guess it is your left from that angle. Stage left, audience, house right. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, Ghostbuster Cheeseman here. Uh, <laughs> excited to talk Ghostbusters and about collectibles and shopping. I'm with theconguy.com. And, and a screenwriter. So that gives me rights to talk about the script of Ghostbusters. So my opinion matters. Our opinions matter. I'm more thrilled about it. I'm a Ghostbuster. Oh, oh, oh we lost Austin. This oh. generation, they're very fragile. We lost Austin. Well, in full, full disclosure, um, I was about to say, Luke, if you could introduce your, uh, your our the con kids with us today. Luke's nephew Austin was with us just a second ago, but it looks like he kind of has some. He's on my parents' internet, so (laughs) worst world hit or miss, you know. Man, it looks so good. I wonder if he knows that he's not on anymore. You should let him know. Send him a text. All right, but also um, he's not the only one from the great state of Ohio. Jake, hey everybody. Yep, it's Jake from the Jacobus system here in my nerd man cave. Here I'm the con guy, uh, collectible guy, and I'm here to talk about Ghostbusters. I'm a lifelong Ghostbusters fan. Um, you know, excited to talk about the movie and about all the stuff that came out in this past year leading up to it. So, cool, cool. And then let's let's uh, drop down to Katie. It's me, Katie Christine, uh, aka the solo con girl again tonight because the Sams have family things to do because, you know, it's the holidays. So mm-hmm. it's understandable. Now, so, yeah, I am representing the con holiday. girls today. Uh, I'm wearing green eyeshadow for all the things that are green that we're talking about tonight. Um, so, yeah. And my ugly Christmas sweater. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, sweet. And my dress form, Christmas tree that's in the back wait, right there. Wait, wait. But it's, Is it it's turned on? It's hard to see. 
No, there's no lights on it yet. It's a work in progress. Oh, um, nice. But yeah, I always, I, I, I haven't done it for two years. But before that, I did a dress form Christmas tree for lack of space in the lovely LA living situations. What's um, it called, a so, dress form Christmas tree? Yeah, I make a dress, a Christmas tree on my dress form. Oh. So it's like a little bit fashion-y flair. This has a, you can't see it, but it's a um, 20s themed skirt. It's a um, flapper awesome. dress. I used little jingle bells all around the sides like this to make it look like a flapper dress. So. All right, we need to make sure we see pictures. You can kind of see it, like them reflecting a little bit. Yep. So. Oh, yeah. Very yeah. cool. Like and that. last but not least. Hey, everyone. It's me, old buddy Ben. Uh, ben Cleaver here with The Con Guy. You can find me online. I don't know. Are we doing the online at the beginning of the show or at the end? I don't know. Go ahead and do it. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at B-E-N-K-L-I-E-W-E-R, or you can search the hashtag BK421. Uh, we are coming at you on that hashtag show's network. Uh, really quick plug to our sponsors, Neft Vodka who, of course, always reminds you to please drink responsibly, as well as Toink.com. They've got Toink has a ton of stuff coming out for holiday season, so go check them out as well. Uh, and then, um, yeah, I just wanted to put a quick shout-out. Uh, in the next weekend, the first weekend of December, that hashtag show is going to have a big presence at Los Angeles Comic-Con. Uh, we're going to be doing interviews. We're going to be selling merch. Well, I think we're giving away free T-shirts free yep. some kind of spider-man themed t-shirt if i remember correctly uh, i don't know i wasn't paying attention but anyway <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh yeah we are we're gonna have a good time at la comic-con of course they're um it's very spread out they're doing a limited capacity so it should be pretty decently safe they're following all uh state and federal and cdc guidelines as far as distancing and all that kind of stuff so Really excited to go see another con in person. Of course, this coming weekend will be San Diego Comic-Con Special Edition. I would be remiss if I didn't mention that because uh, that is another big one. I'll be interested to see how the turnout for that uh, ends up looking. So Yeah. Me as uh, well, yeah. But yeah, I think that's all the uh, nerd formation that I wanted to. Nerd uh, formation. All right, Luke, you have a special guest who is with us today, right? Yeah, we offended him earlier, so uh, he had to jump <laughs> off. But I talked him down on text messaging, and uh, I, I sent him a Snapchat, and now we're good to go again. And uh, it was my, have nephew, my nephew, Austin, the official con kid here with us. We have different oh, levels, yeah. different shows we've been doing. We have the con kids. We got the con guy. We got the scare guy. We got the con girls, and eventually the tiki freaks. You know, it's just one big happy con family of fandom. But uh, Austin, introduce yourself. Uh, Austin. I'm with the con kids and my Wi-Fi is terrible right now. So sorry <laughs> about coming in and out. Like I'm really trying. Um, yeah. Don't worry about it, dude. He may be young, but he's on older people internet. That's my parents. So. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. <laughs> so it's, 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 what, what do we call the older generation? Before the con guys. Hey, That's Mike Emke. Good to see you, Mike Emke. We are on Mike Emke has uh, the Weeby Geeks Network out of the Southeast. Hey, hey. Yep, and we our podcast is on Mike Emke's uh, Weeby Geeks Network down there, so we are so happy for him to be here tonight as well. Oh, hello, Mr. Jonathan Wilkinson. Good to see you as always. All right, guys. So this is Thanksgiving week, and I thought let's start it off really kind of nice before we jump into the whole the, the tumble discussion about ghostbusters but i 
and this shouldn't be hard, but sometimes it is. But like, what's something like maybe from this past year? Something that we're kind of thankful for. So let's just set the mood. Something we're kind of out, and I can start just to give you guys time to think. Um, Cheeseman and I are, for people who don't know, we're screenwriters, and we were able to um, to write season two of a streaming series about cowboys and motorcycles. It's called Sons of Thunder, and it's going to be streaming coming right out after Christmas. So I am really excited for that. That is um, something really cool. I'm also very thankful that movies are back in theaters, people are back in restaurants, and I'm thankful that I will be spending this Christmas with my family back on the East Coast in a few weeks. All right, who wants to go next? It's hard wow, to talk. I think you just took like three of them right there. I know, I was trying to give you guys time to think. Get the juices <laughs> flowing. I'll jump in next if right. uh, nobody else is ready. Um, I am, I, I'm just thankful for uh, the health uh, of my friends and family, the people that I love. Um, and, uh, the, on Saturday night, I mentioned this on last week's show on Saturday night, I hosted a stand-up comedy show in my backyard and, uh, it ended up going really well. It was a blast and it was just a lot of fun to get back into entertainment. Um, I've, basically been taking uh, mostly a hiatus from entertainment. I've done a couple of uh, acting gigs here and there, but really not a whole lot going on during pandemic. Um, so it was really great to get back into entertainment. I was producing the show with two of my best buddies and my wife stage managed the show and she was awesome. So it was kind of a family affair, so to speak. And uh, it was a blast and I'm looking forward to doing more moving back into entertainment now that, as Jim was saying, people are back in restaurants, people are back in movie theaters, movies are back in movie theaters, and uh, the world is healing. <laughs> so that's what I'm thankful for. That's awesome. That is awesome. Does anybody else want to go? It doesn't have to be big and great. Like what Ben just said, I was going to ask you about the show anyways. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad you brought that I up. I mean, I can, I can say something, yeah. I guess. I mean... I think, you know, with 2020 and as I call 2021, 2020 part two, um, <laughs> hopefully there's not a part three, but, you know, TBD. Um, so I think 2021 and 2020 have been years of clarity um, for some people. Uh, and I think it's just been that for me. And I'm thankful that I have clarity. There's still a lot of uncertainties, of course. But knowing that this year has been a time to reflect on things, uh, I'm thankful for that. And I'm also thankful that I get to go home this weekend to spend time with my family because I have not been home in a hot minute. So that's 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 really cool. That's really cool. All right, who else? Who else? I guess I can get uh, super mushy here. Oh yeah, <laughs> mush. Well, mush. Uh, just being, you know, being able to be home and uh, you know be with my daughter who is 14 months now and just watching her grow up over the last year. It's just unbelievable the greatest gift of all time it's just amazing to see her you know grow and learn and get excited about things and stuff you know so that's obviously the the obvious answer but like you guys too um being able to go back and do things in the real world go to movies and especially for me because i'm a big music fan i go to concerts again want to go to see a couple of shows not too long ago so just yeah like you said the return to normal and also just connecting with loved ones and you know keeping it real 
<laughs> That's awesome. Jake, we got to um, get more pictures of uh, – I love some some of those shots you do uh, of your daughter. Uh, Luke just showed me one yesterday with the sunglasses on. That one oh, was yeah. Like, did you dress your daughter up like in kiss outfit? She had, um, yeah, we each have a, we have, like, we have matching kiss t-shirts. So we, I, there's a couple pictures where I put, you know, put her in that and we were holding out. All right. I love that. Yeah. One day they'll eventually finish each other's sentences. It'll right. be adorable. She's my little mini me. Yeah. All right. Before really we move on, uh, Cheeseman and Austin, you guys got anything? Well, I'll get mushy. I'm thankful that I've been able to see Austin play his final year of football. I've gotten to travel back to Ohio. There's I'm so, my dad got to celebrate 25 years of a football program started. It's really cool. And then, yeah, getting to see Austin play and play in a, like a third-place championship game and them getting the trophy at the end of the game, that was pretty cool. I'm thankful for that. Of course, you guys are thankful for being able to see movies, being able to see concerts. And of course, more travel and <laughs> different places, and just for work opportunities continuing. Even you know that's in a key place that you know to still be able to work and still be able to see people, and you know, I'm I'm thankful for that. So next year you can do twelve trips to Ohio, right? <laughs> I'm gonna break the record. I know, like we never knew where Luke was at this year. <laughs> yeah, he's gotta come visit me. <laughs> yep. Austin, what position you play? Oh, I play linebacker. Nice. I like yeah. that. And I, was a, I was a defensive end back in my day. Oh, nice. A little bit, little bit of tandem positioning there. Then you know, work in sequence. Yeah. You played offense too. Uh, yeah. No, I played fullback. Um, I was more into linebacker though. Yeah. But well, fullback yeah. is a little less interesting than linebacker. Oh, for sure. Like I like I like placing the hit. Yeah. But nice. um. I'm thankful for being able to play this year for sure. Um, I wasn't really supposed to because I kind of went over the age limit, but last year kind of got botched. So they gave me an opportunity to play again. So I'm super thankful for that. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, this is great. Um, Set the tone. I'm just thankful that we we have another – I'm – amazed that this podcast has gone so long you know that we have been able to come together you guys are i've got grown close with everybody here this is kind of like a cool thing that um this has enabled me to see you guys on a more normal normal a more on a what do you call it a more scheduled basis like you know like a regular basis yeah that's the word i was looking for i have not read anything either (laughs) Like, like this is crazy maybe i need to that'll help me out but no it's just Oh, thank you, Mike Emke. Seriously, though, thankful. For, well, this is what he said. He goes, I'm thankful for, ah, uh, never mind. Well, I think <laughs> I think uh, that's really great. He's thankful that it's the 30th anniversary of Nirvana's album, Nevermind. <laughs> there you go. Ah, and then also thankful for many of the great shows like the Con Guys on the Podcast Collective. That's awesome. Is this really the 30th anniversary of Nevermind? Yeah. Yeah. Get out of town. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Wow. Um, and then Andy, Andy Harrow, it's so good to see you. Andy is going to be down at LA Comic Con. He let us know. And um, Andy, be looking for some of us on this podcast. I don't think all of us are going to be able to make it this year, but hopefully some of us will be there. And then if you are down at San Diego, I don't think Andy's going to San Diego this year, is what he told us. But um, a couple things real quick before we jump into Ghostbusters Afterlife. 
this weekend, and Ben already mentioned it, there is the uh, Comic-Con special edition. But if you are down, if you are able to go down this weekend, um, myself, I was about to talk about Luke as he leaves the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, first Austin, now Luke. I, so basically, this is Luke Cheeseman's very first Comic-Con panel. That Luke, come back just for a second so we can talk about the panel. Okay. He's All right, in the bathroom. That's my <laughs> uncle. <laughs> That's Okay. Anyways, so I will be on, if you are around, on Sunday. I'm going to be on um, full-time creative work on a part-time schedule where panelists cover what creative folks need to know to make their projects happen outside of um, the talent that they already have. The focus is on time management, resource management, and communication. So basically, it's a, a panel about you know, all of us here, we are trying to like do something creative, maybe outside of our normal nine to five ish. And um, that's not the easiest thing to do. Luke Cheeseman. All right. <laughs> I heard you. I, I didn't miss anything. I heard it. I just wasn't on screen for it. I know, but we were talking about your panel. Luke, this is your very first Comic Con panel. And Luke, you're in a panel called The Importance of Online Branding and Professionalism. The panelists discuss online branding and online presence as a collection of tools, knowledge. This sounds boring, guys, but it's a, it's kind of a cool panel. Basically, um, if you if you're doing a creative endeavor, the importance of your online presence, and that's so very important. It's going to be Luke, Sean Glumus is going to be on there, Renee Waltzinger, who is um, she's got a PhD, Ron Coleman, who he's a molecular geneticist who also has a PhD. Gosh, Luke, you're on with all the smart folks. Yeah. And then um, Stephen Burns, I'll make them digital artist, smart. author, and lecturer. This is kind of cool. Gen oh, there's a lot of people on that one. That's a good. That's gonna be a good panel. I can't wait to see it. I'll be the fool on the panel. So Luke's panel is three o'clock on Sunday. Mine is four o'clock Sunday, closing out the kind. So, um, <laughs> are you serious? This is also the 35th anniversary of Ferris Bueller. Oh, yeah. Just keep them coming, people. <laughs> what else are we celebrating? All right. So, and I just want to mention it real quick. The Con Kids, I think you guys, Austin, what is your next project? What's your next show you guys are covering? Yeah, so tomorrow, I think Hawkeye comes out. So, wait, not <gasps> tomorrow. Two days. It's okay, I was like. <laughs> but I forgot what the day it was. Um, <laughs> no, but when Hawkeye comes out, we'll be doing a series on that. So, Kind yeah. of kids be so covering guys. That's cool. So and, excited. I think it is a different day uh, in Ohio right now. I think it's that far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With and our party tomorrow. A little bit of a promo, Katie. You guys, uh, the Con Girls, are planning on a show in a few weeks as well. Yeah, I we have been really slacking with trying to get it put together, but we <laughs> will be discussing The Witcher in some way, shape, or form. Uh, I don't know exactly how it's going to work yet because it is a binge show. So it's a little bit more logistics wise to figure out how to get those taped in time so people can binge watch it. Uh, right. But yeah, Witcher season two. So there's a lot going on. All right. Any, uh, as Luke disappears, any <laughs> other, any other announcements before we jump into Ghostbusters? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh I thought you were going to leave, Okay, okay. <laughs> um, on Well, completely side note, which I guess we could kind of talk about on the Black Friday part, but Target announced they will not be open on Thanksgiving. Yep. Uh, so oh, wow. kind of some cool stuff for some retail people, because I know that there's always a lot of controversy on 
you know, people who work retail not getting time with their families on the holidays on Thanksgiving in particular, so they will not be open. And they announced that today, which wow. their Black Friday deals are already going on. So, like, you I know. think that's really cool. Yeah. yeah, I think it's cool. But can I say, if you can go online and get their Black Friday deals online, I don't know if that's much of a sacrifice for Target. But oh well, let's. Uh, but I'm not. I'm it's not going to say it's about the, giving the workers the time off, though, Jim. Yeah, not, was, the, and, not they're not making money. No, 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 no. I think it's a good thing. I really, I think it's a good thing. Um, when I was in high school and college, I worked probably every, I had, I always had to work on Thanksgiving. So, you know, yep. it sucked. <laughs> it sucked. Yeah. It's not a good thing. So go home, be with your families, be Wait. with the ones you love. <gasps> I do need to mention something. Yes. We have an Asian poison ivy. <laughs> oh yeah, That's right. Wait, wait. Uh, I'm going to find a picture real quick. Okay, so for those of you who don't don't pay attention to DC TV, uh, which I, I don't blame you, uh, it's very like this. Uh, but I used to do the the after show for Batwoman season one, and then for a while there, for hashtag, I was writing articles about season two, and then I lost interest and uh, just kind of stopped. Um, <laughs> and but they, Nicole <laughs> Kang uh, has been on the show since it started. She is part of Team Batwoman. She posted a sneak peek of her costume, and she is now Poison Ivy, apparently. Oh, yeah. Jim has it, a picture up there, but she is going to be Poison Ivy. So nice. if anybody knows the cosplay characters I love and characters in general, it's Poison Ivy. Ever since I first saw Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy in Batman and Robin, I've been like waiting for another live-action version of Poison Ivy. And the fact that she is an Asian woman just floors me beyond belief like and her costume is so badass i am just living for it and on another asian actor note simu liu was the first ever asian host on saturday night live actually was he, ever no, this week? he was so he did he said that at the beginning of the show he's like i'm the first ever asian host of saturday night live to be the fourth asian host of saturday night live so he's actually the fourth oh. there, have been, there have been three other asian hosts because like I remember yeah, Lucy Liu hosted. Yeah, okay, that's what uh, I thought, but I was like, yeah. he said, I, I he said, I'm is the, he first, the first male. I don't know, but to uh, to point out uh, something that Jim said last week about you were like, man, I, I can't wait till we're past all this. Oh, this is the first time this type of person has been in this movie or something like that. They did a sketch, uh, Simu Liu and Bowen Yang, who's a cast member on SNL, did a sketch about. Oh yeah, we're I've always, I'm always getting these awards for being the first Asian to do this or the first Asian <laughs> to do that, and it was hysterical. Hilarious. It yeah. was so funny. Yeah. That's, well, but he, he is, is the, the first Asian SNL cast member. Bone Yang is the first full Asian. Oh uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, because uh, when I saw the opening credits, I haven't watched SNL in a while. I like every occasionally I'll watch it. I didn't know that, and I was like, wait, there's. There's an Asian cast member now, and so that was a delight to watch as well. So watched... I'm sorry, I totally was like, I don't think he's the first Asian host, but he said he is the first Asian host, but then he said he wasn't the first Asian host. It was a little confusing. Yeah, but... the first fourth Asian host. He said fourth... he was the first Asian host uh, to be the fourth Asian host of SNL. <laughs> but you know yes. what? That's a good thing. But Let's either way, four... that's a good thing. Four Asian hosts in the history of that show is not many. Yeah, well, I know, so, but the fact yeah. that he wasn't—I mean, the, being the first is exciting, but he was the fourth, so at least <laughs> they're 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 a little bit less 
you know. Who are um, the, I'm just curious where the other ones were. I I know Lucy Liu. I remember when Lucy Liu hosted, I but that was that. like late 90s or early 2000s. Has Steven Yeun hosted? No, I don't think Steven Yeun has. I was going to uh, guess like I was going to guess like Jackie Chan or somebody like that. I feel like he might has. have been in the we'll, 90s. We'll, we'll figure this out and we'll, we'll we'll figure it out. All right. I tried Guys. to look it up and it was not easy to find, so. All right. Let's talk Ghostbusters, more specifically Ghostbusters Afterlife. And I'm just going to give us a little bit of background from the LA Times article, which came out today, just to kind of set the table for us. Uh, movie ga- goers ain't afraid of no ghosts. Sony Pictures Ghostbusters Afterlife scared up $44 million this weekend, exceeding expectations and unseating Disney's The Eternals atop the domestic box office, which is a cool thing. There's Alex, Alex better. Um, <laughs> anyways, it's the fourth installment in the spooky franchise it was projected to have to bring in between 30 to 35 million so it went over that by a big chunk of change but it's been it's because it's been delayed by like a year it was supposed to come out last year but COVID 19 kind of put a, a nix on that eternal spelled a second position in its third week so without adjusting for pandemic related losses or inflation afterlife notched the second biggest opening for a ghostbusters movie just barely trailing the all-female revival which launched in with 46 million dollars in 2016. and this is directed by the thing that's cool is directed by jason reitman the son of the original ghostbusters filmmaker ivan reitman stars paul rudd carrie coon mckenna grace logan kim celeste o'connor and Finn Wolf hard as a new generation of phantom hunters investigating something strange in their neighborhood. All right, let's go. I know that Ben and Kate are going to have a lot to say. I would love to hear. And this is the, this is the, we call the circle of love. And if you guys are listening to this podcast, we are going to talk about specific instances. We probably will not try to, you know, spoiler up give everything away, but no. There's yeah, some spoilers we will have to mention, I'm sure. We're going to have to, like, the parts that made me cry, I'm going to have to mention why it made me cry. All right, I yeah. would love to know, and let's start with Austin, as long, because Austin, we never know when your internet's going to cut out, so we have to know. <laughs> Austin, <laughs> what did you think of Ghostbusters? I liked it. Um, It was, honestly, I didn't have the greatest expectation, just because I'm like, any movie now, like, I like to put low expectations, so it blows oh. Just so it's good, like in my mind. Yep. But um, I liked it for sure. Um, I liked how they incorporated like new, like concepts and built upon the old foundation. So they kind mm-hmm. of incorporated the events of I think it was 1984 or something is when it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, into the film and kind of gave it like a purpose instead of just rewriting it. So that was That's my cool. favorite part. And then Paul Rudd, you know, Paul Rudd's amazing. Sexiest man alive. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, who wants to jump in? Who wants to jump in here? Let's talk. Let's talk about the stuff that definitely was like the highlight of this movie. Some of the highlights of the movie. Uh, I, I can I can say. So here's the thing getting, that. I was gonna the, say we're getting spoilers or are we. I'm I know, not getting spoilers yet. Okay. Let's, let's give my overall reactions. Because for me, the highlight of the movie is a spoiler. So. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, you know the the trailer told us very little. Right. And the movie gave us a lot, and so. I really enjoyed the fact that the trailer held out a lot. Um, I smiled. I laughed. There was some really cheesy humor, but I didn't hate that because, I mean, the original is 
obviously a lot older, so there's such cheesy humor as well. Uh, I think they did a good blend, like uh, Austin was saying, a good blend of old and new. You know, there's something for a new generation who didn't grow up on Ghostbusters and something for the original fans. And I think that they handled it very gracefully. And I also cried. I went through the whole spectrum of emotions for this movie. And Paul Rudd and Finn Wolfhard and I think Celeste, is that her name? The female lead? Was that her name? The... What's no, the lead a, oh, girl's oh, it, name? That's Carrie Coon. Carrie, Carrie Coon. Okay, gotcha. She's Sorry. one of my favorite seat. actresses by far. She, I she they so well encompassed and looked, and the makeup and hair for them, both her and Finn Wolfhard, was genius. They did yeah. looked exactly like they needed to. And honestly, I had pretty high expectations because it had good reviews from what I heard people who did praise ratings of it. And I think it exceeded my expectations, so I was happy. I'm going to go see it again, for sure. I saw it in IMAX, so. Oh, I did, too. I did, too. We were supposed to see it in the same IMAX, but I'm kind of transitioning. I got some work stuff that is forcing me to work later, and I had a work function, which went I saw a ton of people at my showing that I knew. Like, I just keep seeing more people. I was like, oh, this is crazy. Well, this just um, this this weekend at, um, I don't know if you were part of it, Ben. No, no, no. It was... Some, some folks from work I saw, there was a big, they made a big event out of Ghostbusters opening this weekend. They had the ectoplasm, they had the cars there, they had all the Ghostbusters dressed up. You know, nice. the, like Ben said, probably some of the area Ghostbusters from Los Angeles were there. It was a big event over at Universal Studios this weekend. That was really cool. Nice. All right, Ben, I want to hear. Uh, I really had a lot of fun. I was not sure what to expect when the first trailers came out and it's just like Finn Wolfhard's driving the Ecto-1 through a wheat field and I was like <laughs> what's that you know um and then you know the final trailer came out and they did a little tease of like oh maybe we'll get a little uh maybe we'll get a little uh shot of the original guys you know mm-hmm. like well at least the living ones you know Dan Aykroyd um Ernie Hudson and um What's that guy's name? Bill Murray. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so then I was a little more excited. I love the original Ghostbusters uh, one and two. I felt like this one. The thing with Ghostbusters one and two is they made it as like kind of an adult comedy. And then it hit really big with kids. And so the studio's like make Ghostbusters two a kids movie. And they so they kind of did. And then they made it into a cartoon. I felt like this one was much this one does not exclude Ghostbusters 2, but it doesn't really include it either. You right. can go watch the original Ghostbusters and then watch this one and not lose anything without having seen Ghostbusters 2. Um, although I do love Ghostbusters 2. Um, that being said, I, I, I was very skeptical about the idea of, oh, we're going to do a Ghostbusters movie without the Ghostbusters in it, you know? Uh, and so I was a little wary about that. And then again, like I said before, I knew that the original guys were going to make an appearance at some point. And then I started reading the, 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 the reviews from movie critics, not, not the audience reviews, the critics reviews and the critics uh-huh. reviews were very meh on it that, you know, yeah. I think the critics reviews on Rotten Tomatoes were something like 66% or in yeah. the high sixties or something. And they were like, Oh, it just like depends on nostalgia and it doesn't have any substance. And it's not even that funny. Listen, the original Ghostbusters was not a slapstick laugh a minute comedy. It was, it was funny because of the absurdity. It was almost like 
not to the same level, but like with airplane, they took it so seriously and it was such a ridiculous concept. You know, they presented the original Ghostbusters in somewhat of a similar way, though, not to that level of heightened, you know, weirdness. But the original Ghostbusters was not a laugh a minute slapstick crazy comedy. It just depended on like the dry humor of Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd and all those guys and Harold Ramis rest his soul. Um, and so I wasn't really sure what to expect. I was like, is this, I don't know, is this going to be good? And then I went and saw it and I was absolutely floored. My wife and I absolutely loved it. We went and saw it on a date. I just, sometimes when I'm watching a movie, I'm like, okay, what time is it? Is this, I'm liking it, but it's, is it almost over? I got, I got plans in this one. Once it was over, I was like, I want more. Give me more of this. And I felt it was a great, this is my last thought on this. I felt it was a great adaptation to take this movie series from the 1980s, try and keep the same spirit without just trying to remanufacture it. And mm -hmm. then even though there was some level of remanufacturing some story points, but they did such a good job of making it a very modern movie, not a laugh a minute slapstick, but still very funny with with a lot of really great solid ties back to the original storyline that fleshed out the original storyline uh, as well. Um, with a couple of celebrity cameos uh, outside of, uh, you know, Paul Rudd and, and that sort of uh, mm -hmm. celebrity cameo, a couple of, there's one blink and you miss, blink and you miss it celebrity cameo, which I loved, um, which we can talk about in a little bit, but um, yeah. Nice. Nice. All right. And before me and Luke, jump on it i do jake I'm, plus jake you should wait let's get let's do a big let's go on jake so are you surrounded by ghostbusters paraphernalia <laughs> well i'll i'll uh show these once we do this the okay, slideshow cool. of the pictures but um yeah i love the movie uh like i said before lifelong ghostbusters fan um growing up in the late 80s early 90s not only the movies were a big part of my life but also the animated series the real ghostbusters that was a you know a staple for every saturday morning um when i was around when it was like six or so when ghostbusters 2 came out that's what really shot my fandom forward and i just happened to have my ghostbusters 2 vhs tape here with the green <laughs> uh <laughs> bubble <Nice>. shell <laughs> but yeah ghostbusters 2 very good movie uh i think it's very underrated definitely deserves its spot in the franchise but yeah um movie's great i uh, love the one of the things i love about this new one is the stark um contrast they have to the first two which take place in new york city so when you think new york it's very crowded it's very kind of like shut in and then this movie takes place in oklahoma and every scene is just like wide open space so it's just such a interesting choice to switch it up like that and have yep that you know it's so different from what we've seen before. Um, I was just, sorry, I'm looking at my notes here. Um, the cast is great. Yeah. Uh, McKenna Grace is the one who plays Phoebe. She yeah. is um, Egon's granddaughter. Um, so, uh, that's not really a spoiler. Not kinda, really a spoiler. Yeah, you kind of knew that from the trailer and stuff. Uh, Finn Wolfhard, he's great. He's been, you know, obviously from Stranger Things and the Stephen it. King's Id stuff. Yeah. He's been a big, you know, part of fandom for the last few years. That's my one thing I was kind of like, it's hard not to compare it somewhat to stranger things because it's like the kids and 
all that stuff. Plus that he's in it. So it's like, yeah, you know, so it's like, but it's still great. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. And then, uh, my other notes, we can, we can get into these once we get into the spoilers, but overall, yeah, great movie. I loved it as a fan. I was not disappointed at all. All right. And Luke, can you give your opinion without spoilers? Cause my, my next, my next statement is going to be spoilery. Luke, we can't hear you. You're muted. You're on mute. <laughs> Now I'm unmuted. Good. There you go. <laughs> okay. Uh, overall, it was a fun movie. Like it's definitely something you could watch over and over again. It's even something like I could see myself like owning at some point. Like I mean, it. I liked. I liked the movie. You know, as a thing. I. I will share like other thoughts later as kind of a screenwriter of things I thought could have been better. But like, um, yeah. Overall, like I mean, the pacing was good. Like Ben said, you know, things went kind of fast. Where it's like, oh, gee. Well, some of the. St- I mean, it took a while to get to a certain part of the movie, but then, like, I mean, just overall, the pacing was pretty cool and the effects, and I liked, you know, them talking about some of the older stuff and looking up the vintage footage of the old Ghostbusters and all that. Like, it felt good, like it's all part of that universe and stuff and had a good kind of, like, yeah, just, like, the cinematic look of it all was great. And then having Paul Rudd be part of this, which I'd love even more of Paul, Paul Rudd's, like, you know, improvising type humor and personality, I think fits perfectly with the Ghostbusters. So I think if he's allowed to bring more of that Ant-Man kind of personality into it in the upcoming films, I think that'll even better it even more. Yeah. Yeah. But I think they set themselves up well to kind of continue this, which I hope they will. Which there's two post-credit scenes. If anybody hasn't seen it, who is watching this, there's two post-credit scenes. Well, one mid-credits, one post-credits. Yep. So, and and Katie or Austin, I don't know, or, or Jake, we have a question from a listener. Have you guys ever played the Ghostbusters video game that came out in 08 or 09? I heard it was really good, and a lot of people say this is Ghostbusters 3. Jake? This is definitely Ghostbusters 3, but I have not yeah. played the video game. I, I haven't played it, but um, a friend of mine, and, and Luke knows him too, my friend, our friend Nick Bory, and he played tons of games and i remember going over to his house around that time and he was playing it he had rented it from blockbuster video all right <laughs> well, but um <laughs> he uh yeah it was really cool and that was like what like like how andy said it's ghostbusters 3 because that was the last time all of the cast yep got together and even though it was in live action they just you know provided their voices for the game that was kind of like the closest we got to ghostbusters 3 yeah. But yeah, I've heard great things. I've just never played it myself, but I've seen a lot of the clips and obviously sitting there watching him play it. And it was, it was pretty fun. So let me um, kick us into, by the way, we can still, we can talk about Ghostbusters some more, the, the things that they did well, because I, I like the movie and contrary to what my email, I mean, my text message stream, because I did, I, I have some other feelings about the movie as well, but I did like the movie. Paul Rudd and Carrie Coons, they're just perfect. And who, what was the girl's name? Oh, she's the, the daughter. Phoebe. She was amazing. Yeah. She was, I mean, McKenna Grace is her McKenna name. Grace. McKenna I mean, Grace. I yeah. mean, she was very, very good in what, what they were having her do and uh, being this like this sort of an outcast, nerdy girl who kind of saves the world. You know, it was kind of cool. I really did like that. It's so weird. It's so weird seeing them do the press for it now because they shot the movie like two years ago. Yeah, and she looks like so much older now. And she has blonde hair. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. see her in the movie, it's like wow, it's like a totally different person. 
You know, we were going to try to do, I don't think we got it. Like Luke and I went to the Sony lot. Is it three years ago, four years ago for the 35th anniversary? Yeah, 2019. I actually have some, I didn't have time to adjust the audio. So I don't know if it's better to just share on social media later. I mean, I could <coughs> throw on random clips, but I don't know what they're talking about. Cause yeah, I, yeah, yeah. No, but we saw, uh, we went to the Sony lot for the 35th anniversary of Ghostbusters. We saw, uh, <coughs> Ivan Reitman and what's his son? Jason. Jason. Okay. Ivan and Jason, they were interviewing each other on stage talking about the older Ghostbusters and then this Ghostbusters. And it was such a very, very cool um, interview. And yeah, so what we'll do, Luke, if you, you know, a little bit later, if you want to share it on social media, that might be good. Or if you want to share one now, that's that's fine as well. But uh, is yeah. this one? Yeah. I mean, that's that's a photo. Oh, okay, cool, cool. It. That's him and his son there. And then <laughs> Kato Caitlin. <laughs> <Caitlin. laughs> he was there at the event, kind of emceeing a lot of the stuff. And it, it was, goes, uh, this oh, was that was bizarre. That was weird. Yeah, but <laughs> that's when I really got excited about Ghostbusters. And um, and perhaps I my expectations got too big because, you know, like when you get your expectations get so big, then you kind of ruin it for yourself. And I'm, I'm here to say that there's a little bit of Ghostbusters that didn't quite go as well as I would hoped it ha had gone. And I'm, I'm going to say this, though, before we go there. I absolutely the last it, it, i like the movie myself all through all the way through it was a great film it was fun all by itself uh, um and then but the last 20 minutes reminded me why i love ghostbusters that last 20 minutes was just i think it was um and i i did get tears in my eyes because it was just so good and spoiler alert spoiler alert we are going to start discussing part of it because that, and then the last 10 minutes is when we finally got um, the return of the three, kind of four original Ghostbusters. And it was amazing. By um, Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Ernie just to see those two. Get, I'm sorry? I, I would count it as all four. It is it all was, four, right? Yeah, yeah I don't it is understand all four. Just statement. because you're a ghost, it, he was still there, and he was he a was major part there. of the storyline. And the storyline of him returning back. I love that. That was that was so nice. So yeah, we did get the final Ghostbusters coming back to help save the day when all hope is lost. They step in and they help out to save the day, and that to me that that made the movie worth me saying yes. I definitely think it's a go see it movie. So, but Luke, I'll let you start. I know that you, but let me say this too. Last thing, I stopped reading the LA Times um, article, but this is this was towards the end of their article. They said. On review aggregation site Rotten Tomatoes, Afterlife is scoring a middling 62% with critics. It's got a 96% with the audiences, though. So yep. there's a big disparity there. Critics give it 62%, while the LA Times called the sequel listless, bankrupt, creatively bankrupt, and unaware of the charm and appeal of its predecessors. They didn't pull any punches. And I've got to tell you a little bit of what they said I kind of agree with. And it's might be because I'm older, but no, I, not every movie writing. is for one particular audience, though. That's the thing that I think everybody's kind of getting lost in right now with a lot of movies is they're like, oh, you know, it wasn't my movie. It's like, OK, great. But this kid over here who's never had that nostalgia, he enjoyed it. And it's about 
keeping these franchises alive so that new mm -hmm. generations can see them. So I feel like sometimes people get too stuck in their own personal feelings about a movie to okay, not think about the other That's people. the point of giving your own personal so. opinion is it's your own personal opinion. I get that, but I'm saying I think some people are missing the fact that not everything is just about one one person's opinion on it. Perhaps, but I think that this writer, picture. but this writer was saying what he liked or she liked. I'm don't know who wrote this. Um, so, you know, if 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 somebody else liked it, that's not this writer isn't re responsible for writing that person's opinion. They're just writing their opinion, and it is the opinion of probably about forty, if I can do my, about forty percent of critics. Is that, I'd say no, critics, but I haven't seen a lot of a lot of negative comments from fans and yes. non-critics. But you know what? I, I I'll be the first to admit I'm starting to dis on. I don't believe critics very much anymore because that I, it, I haven't it, for a while. they're starting. I haven't for a long time. Yeah. Well, I, I used to like. I think um, Roger Ebert was spot on in almost almost everything he said. He called Friday the Thirteenth the first one one of the most atrocious, worst movies that was ever made. And he's not off the mark, although I still love that movie. <laughs> so, but Luke, I want to hear some of your opinions because Luke was the one that was kind of like bringing some of the stuff up. Yeah, so, so I will I will go on again and say as a movie, like great movie. I, I want to watch it again. I, it's something you can kind of watch on repeat. And to me, it felt more like, like a Goosebumps or Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. It felt like... If you look at it as a film of that and not as a Ghostbuster film, excellent movie all the way through. Very fun, the whole story. But as a Ghostbuster, the charm it is losing is it doesn't feel like an SNL-led movie, which is what kind of inspired the original. Having those kind of actors, the SNL, the comedy throughout. like it's And a problem that's happening in some movies and is that a lot of times like kids won't be kids in movies. Like The podcast character was great. like He had kind of that kids stuff and you know like some of the characters were a little more serious but it was like when the adults showed up as the ghostbusters then it kind of had that playfulness that it kind of needed and paul rudd did bring a level of the playfulness but i i felt like he was a little restrained who paul isn't how hysterically just like stupid he can get he has no like pride in trying to act a certain way like this whole sexiest man alive thing just makes him completely it was just like me all right like he'll just do anything he doesn't really care where I think I'm excited to see what they do with the next one. And if they bring more of the adults in, cause I felt like the adults know how to be children more than the kids actually did in the film. Cause they were just so kind of serious throughout. Cause I really want that, like as a ghostbusters movie, like I want that fun and games moment of they're like, we're ghostbusting. Like we're putting up flyers. We're going in some old lady's house and, you know, shooting some ghost and kind of, cause that the whole charm of the ghostbusters is having that media kind of, presence in it and not just like this little secret of them kind of sneaking around town and they worked so well like in the city before because you know they're like having ads or the people you call who are you gonna call like i wanted more of that in there and especially with the kid having a podcast like it's like whoever was like oh what are kids doing today podcast and they didn't really like have them actually going around and like interviewing people or doing stuff that actually felt like a podcast like we're doing or show them actually doing a podcast besides just I'm a kid walking around with a microphone recording it and acting like <laughs> I'm doing a podcast. It's like they didn't know what a podcast was, whoever was kind of writing on this. But I just think there was a level of fun and that and that SNL kind of feel that could have brought in and all that. Because Ghostbusters for just as much for adults as it is for kids. It's something that kind of brings us all together and it's it used this to be. timeless thing, which 
it didn't quite have the timeless charm it is. Again, it's a great movie as is. If you just look at it as a movie, great. But as a Ghostbuster movie, it needed more of that SNL type thing. And I know they, I think with the one before, I'll admit I didn't see the last one, partly because of the reviews and other stuff. I probably should see it so I have an opinion on it. But I know that one had a little more of the SNL probably yeah. vibe to it. But uh, not in a good way necessarily. I did not enjoy it. Oh, I I thought the last one was fine. The the but that was a complete remake. You know, it was fine. It just there were like winks to the original, but um i that one was was a lot more like goofy funny you mm-hmm. know yeah 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 melissa mccarthy i mean let's love her but well christian yeah, i don't want to throw shade on it because i can't have an honest opinion about it because i didn't see it i i do want to see it now right, right. so i can kind of compare this whole thing but i'm excited to see where they go from here and especially with kind of the end credit scenes of kind of bringing in some of the older generation because like once those guys showed up i'm like oh this has that banter that you need in a ghostbuster thing and even like goonies like that kind of thing the kids had their kids and they had this playful banter so i just want them to bring a little more of that playfulness into it into the writing and to the, the overall yeah. feel of it i i'm gonna validate some of what you said there i i, I kind of agree with um and Ben even mentioned it. He alluded to us when he was giving his review about how the first Ghostbusters was kind of an adult movie couched in in childlike special effects and music and everything. You know, it, it was kind of like a you know adult humor, not dirty, but just mm-hmm. like a little bit more. And um, Dan Aykroyd gets a hoo ha from a ghost. <laughs> Does he really? Yeah. yeah, there's the one for the, the ghost undoes his pants. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I just one of my favorite parts is like Bill Murray asking the most inappropriate questions of the librarian for you know after they're interviewing her. And I'm like, it has nothing to do with anything, but it was just so funny. And this when when I was watching this movie, I was enjoying it, but I wasn't like jumping up and enjoying it just yet. Although I was the only one in the theater. Luke will tell you when when um, the Phoebe character called Dan Aykroyd's character and he answered the phone. I started clapping. I was cheering, and I got the whole theater going. And I felt like I had to bring everybody along with me. I wanted more of that cheering, and it was weird. Like the audience didn't. Maybe it was just the audience. It was packed. It was a packed IMAX theater, but I was expecting them to react more like that. It's a good thing I was there. No, but no, like there were a couple of scenes that that um I re- that really stored and were great. I love the scene driving through the when they first time they're driving <clears throat> the the station wagon. The kids are driving the station wagon and she goes out in the the ex- the expendable the expandable chair arm and she's fighting the the ghost that they're chasing down. The muncher. Yes. That last 20 minutes is I, when we got to that point it changed me. I was like, "Ah, this is what I wanted the previous 60 70 minutes to be like and i know that that's just me the fact i wonder if the contracts for the bill murray which he was he's famously difficult to get back in in the ghostbusters house you know so i wonder if he's like fine well, i'll come if back you watch the movies that made us he was he was known to be hard to get anywhere they didn't even know if he'd actually show up on day one yeah so maybe you know they the original not- you know who originally was supposed to be venkman in the original Belushi, Belushi, yeah, and oh, yeah. Ackroyd wrote it for Belushi, and I think he talks about it in some interview where he was 
writing the script. And as he was typing a Venkman line, that's when he got the call that John died. Gosh. Yeah, that's on yeah. the movies that made us. They talk about yeah. that. I just watched that yeah. again recently. And, you know, that's... Eddie Murphy was supposed to be, it was supposed to be Eddie Murphy, Dan Aykroyd, and John Belushi as the main mm-hmm. Ghostbusters. And version. John Candy was the original uh, Rick Moranis character. Mm-hmm. If you look if you look at the... Um, storyboards. Storyboards, yeah. You see the character and he's like a big fat dude is Lewis, <laughs> Lewis Tully. <laughs> that's yeah, but he, he wanted to play it a way that they didn't want it to, to be. So then that... that yeah, he wanted to talk about the he character. Wanted, he had an idea. John Candy wanted it to be like when he gets possessed by the dog, he wanted to have like a German accent or something. And they're like, okay, yeah. But then <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't do it, I think, because wasn't he making that's another cool. movie or something? But, anyway, but sorry, not to get off. No, no, no. That's, I love that stuff. What, yeah. and I was gonna, what happened to Eddie Murphy? I think he was doing Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, oh, he was just too busy by the yeah. time. By the time they got around to actually doing it again, they were just too busy that – and they'd already kind of like gotten some other characters and kind of rewritten some different Ernie things. Ernie Hudson was great. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Ernie Hudson was I great. Love Ernie Hudson. And the post credit scene with Ernie Hudson was what made me start thinking, why didn't they start? Okay. I want, and, and it might just be because of the, the availability of the actors, but why didn't they start with the original actors? They don't have to have them through the whole movie. And I know this was the passing of the baton, but I just felt mm-hmm. we passed the baton in a cameo almost rather than, in, included them into the main storyline. I know the main storyline was, um, you know, he, uh, who Harold Ramis's character who yeah. passed along his farm to his daughter. I'm not buying that storyline. I'm not buying the storyline that that he would go off and ignore his daughter for her entire life, but he has all these pictures of her on the wall. And he loved her and he comes back and hugs her at the end, which, oh, I love that scene so much. Yeah. But why was he? It almost makes him not like a good character. Like, that's not yeah, the guy I remember. They could have done the same thing, but written that better. That didn't seem like he abandoned them. Yeah. Like, it should have been more like his wife thought he was like a total nut or maybe he did a couple of crazy things. And then she basically kind of like, you're not allowed to be in their life. Cause a lot of people, you know, families get torn apart and then the kids no longer see their parent because of, you know, just different things. It yeah. should have been more that versus him. Yeah. They should have had a little a more choice not to see his family. But you made Egon seem like an abandoner, even though he, yeah. I guess it was, he was protecting them. He was protecting. Well, he's them. protecting the world through yeah. the portal. It would have been nice if there would have been a scene where she finds like, a, a journal or something or he's explaining like i can't have contact with her because i'm doing this or if, like something right. like that where he like a letter that he had written to her but he never got to send or something like that you know what i mean ben you're trying to say something well i was just gonna say i wouldn't i wouldn't disagree with that um i think i i'm i'm also fine with the way the story turned out i think if you you know, maybe uh, maybe this is me just justifying it in my own mind. But if you, uh, by the way, spoiler alert, spoiler alert for everybody. This anything that follows will probably be a spoiler. But if you look at the character of Spangler in the originals, you know he's very laser focused, and I'm almost surprised at the idea of him having like a wife and a kid. Like, yeah. In that <laughs> yeah. So if, but I, I I can be led to the point where I will believe that Egon Spangler got married, had a kid, and then realized, you know. Gozer the Gozerian is still a threat. I've discovered this whole thing that connects to the New York City 1984 incident in the middle of Oklahoma, and I need to go out there and protect the world, you know, because, um, you know, it was Spengler Venkman 
and what was Dan Aykroyd's character? Ray. Uh, Stance. Ray. Stance. Spangler, Venkman, and Stance were the original guys that were like studying all this. And and so there there is a certain like nobility that I, I feel like I could justify that as a character trait in Egon Spangler that would drive him to leave his family in New York and go to the middle of Oklahoma to set up a crazy freaking you know, a, a nuclear reactor rig to keep sending Gozer back to hell again, spoiler alert. Um, so that, that does read to me, although I do understand what you're saying of like, couldn't they have made him a little bit more likable in that sense in the opening of the film, when they have a scene with old man Spangler, uh, but they never show his face. I thought, Oh, that's all we're going to get because obviously Harold Ramis died in 2014 um we all thought it was over when that happened you know we right. thought we we're never getting another original ghostbusters movie that's why they did the the all female remake you know that was supposed to launch a new ghostbusters universe and totally disconnected from the original um the final post credit scene with ernie hudson's character uh with winston talking about you know he's become rich and all this kind of stuff uh Yes, that could have been at the opening. Um, I I kind of looked at that as, well, the structure of movies now, and they are trying to set up the new character storyline. So to me, that does make sense that they would put it at the end to kind of fill in that backspace. The one thing I would say is uh, uh, Winston said that the, or maybe it was um, Stan said, that the original Ghostbusters firehouse had been turned into a Starbucks. And yep. then there was a shot of Ernie Hudson walking into the abandoned Ghostbusters firehouse. And I'm like, where's the Starbucks? Yeah. I feel lied to. I guess it was. Oh. It might have been, might have just been him ad libbing, or it could have been a different, it could have been a different uh, firehouse. They never said That's what I was wondering too, one. though, Ben. I was like, wait, I thought they said it was a Starbucks. Yeah. Like, and that's what did confuse me. Now, granted, we didn't see the front of the building, so maybe True. like, maybe it was a Starbucks that closed down or something. I but wonder. like, it didn't look like it. No, no, yeah. What I will, what I will say for me personally, any of those points that we brought up, I I will validate them, saying, yeah, there are, you know, there is ground behind that that you can back it up on. None of them were big enough to really bother me about the storyline. No. Uh, I did want to. I did want to bring up one thing real quick before we get too far off about the whole thing about him being whatever distant with his daughter and stuff. I watched. The, I've seen the movie twice now, and I really <laughs> want to watch it. Lucky. I really want to watch it like on Blu-ray or something. Where you can pause it because during the scene where she's going into the basement and seeing all the pictures of her on the wall, there's all these little notes, and it, the the shots are so fast. But I was able to catch a couple of them. You try to read his little notes on it. And it just shows how much of the, um, you know, like like his way of thinking, like it's a picture of his daughter at a certain age. And there's like notes and says like facial freckles have doubled or something like that. Yeah, it's like some little that. things like that. And then one yeah. picture, one really nice, sweet picture of her daughter. And it said like photo has strange reaction to me causing pulse to quicken or something like that. Like that, just like, it was just a perfect like Egon line, yeah. you know? That's nice. So it's like, yeah. That is nice. And, and I, Go ahead, Katie. Honestly, like with what you guys were saying about just his character development and like how it didn't portray him well. And I get you guys have valid points, like Ben said, but I do also think that it can be really reminiscent to how some people actually do change yeah. and have 
react this way. There are people who abandon their kids and, and everything with no explanation at all, not because they don't love them, but they just they just don't. And I, I so for me, I feel like there are some people who can relate to that. And I feel like that sometimes we don't get that explanation, just like sometimes those families don't get their explanation. So it didn't really bother me too much because I was like, it's not our business. <laughs> like, if that sounds weird, like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, if someone's like, oh, my, my dad abandoned me, we're not going to be like, well, that's and... not our business, but this is Egon. I, I get that, but I guess and it just didn't really phase me. I, I'm Amy Potts. She was one of the best, best, best parts of the original movie. She was so funny. She was not really used very well in this movie. No, she she was underutilized, definitely. Yeah, and and I I wanted her to say something typical, well, was, funny, ghostbustery. I, but that that's you know that's beside the point. The after um, credit was, scene, the after credit scene made up for that. You get to see that clip, the uh, deleted scene from the first movie. About the, oh, I did love that coin or whatever. Like that was really cool. That was but yeah, I cool. thought just her her little cameo at the beginning. It was like, that's it. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know, understand why. Like she was her and you know they were sweet on each other. Yeah. Why couldn't they have played up that storyline and let us, you know, as fans believe that they did have a life together and maybe, who knows? Maybe she's the one having to explain why Egon never. I don't know. That, so if you watch, I the didn't movie, want to dwell on that too much. I, 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 I about that real quick. This is another sorry, another spoiler. Yeah. Um, after the mid-credits sequence, you see Sigourney Weaver. That's all we see her. Yeah. But <laughs> it's her and Venkman in the scene, and they both have wedding rings on. Oh. Are they married to each I other, didn't... or is that just a random thing? But I noticed that as she's holding the card up, she has a wedding ring, and he has a wedding ring on, too. So Okay, they must be, because they, they never married. inappropriate yeah, if they're they probably never say something because he says something about like well you know certain feelings of love and then she like shocks him again and stuff right. so i was like that's a cool little thing that wasn't super obvious but i was like oh i noticed that you yeah know? and um oh, I, wow. I know we do got to kind of move on a little bit here and i and i want everyone else but I, the one other thing that luke pointed out when, at right if we saw the movie is who are you gonna call we didn't get that song in the movie we got it at the very end we didn't have the fun ghostbuster feel and i think if I had to sum up the part I thought was missing, I did think it, I, I'm such a, I think the original movie was just such a monumental feat. It was so wonderful. And I did like this movie. I did like this movie. Um, but I felt like that the heart of the original Ghostbusters didn't feel like it was in this movie. This movie felt like it may, except for the last 20 minutes, it felt like another franchise to me. It felt like a good movie. It felt like it, it was a good movie. I'd suggest everyone go see it. I'll probably see it again. And I love Paul Rudd. That guy's great. But um, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to diminish it. I would give it a high mark, but I, I don't want to diminish the movie. I just I, those are the things that bugged me. The only thing, like I, I really liked it. The only thing that I really was like, why did they do that? Was they had to go back and retread over the Gozer? Yeah, I story. didn't like that. Yeah, it was like you had that in the first movie. In the second movie, you had Vigo the Carpathian, the guy in the painting, you know, that was yep. fine. Like, okay. It could have easily had just been some other villain, some other new thing. You see. And even though it was cool to see the terror dogs and to see Gozer and have um, Olivia Wilde. Stay marshmallow, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you had Olivia Wilde playing Gozer, that was really cool. But it's That was like, one of my favorites. I yeah. was like, I heard Olivia Wilde was playing Gozer, and I was like, oh, that's kind of perfect. And then it right. actually was her in the movie, and yeah. I was like, yes! 
Wait, yeah. that was Olivia Wilde? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that was Olivia Wilde. And J.K. Mm-hmm. Simmons was the guy. In Evo the- Shandor. <laughs> yeah, I, Evo I was Shandor. just going to say my other favorite yeah. cameo was J.K. Yeah. Simmons. Yeah, so that was really cool. But it's just like, because that's a lot of the criticism this movie gets is that it it's too much fan service. Like, oh, yeah. they're just doing this to appease the fans. But then it's like, okay, if it was all fan service, then why was Slimer not in the movie at all? I yeah. know, I'm missing. That, that was bothersome. So I'm glad you brought that up, Jake, because that actually was the last thing I wanted to say was when it comes to movies like this and it comes to sequels of franchises that came out so long ago or just in general, you really have to be able to balance the proper amount of fan service and not having too much. And I think that this had a good amount of fan service and a good amount of nostalgia without overloading it. Because if you did overload it, yeah, you're going to make certain people happy, but the new generations, new people who've seen it, other people are not going to be happy. So I think this movie did a good job of balancing that. Cause if it had been too much, then I don't know if it, I think it might have actually made it hurt the movie, which is interesting to me, though, that the critics are saying it had too much nostalgia because I don't agree with that statement. I don't think I, agree. It had I don't think it had nostalgia. too much nostalgia. So either. I don't know why the critics were saying I wanted it had too more. Much nostalgia. <laughs> I I like that they went back to Gozer because it connects it to the original movie. I felt like they executed that better than like The Force Awakens. You know, The Force Awakens basically tried to retread A New Hope. Yeah, but it was all new except it was the same. And this was at least this was Rise the of Skywalker same. bringing back the old villain. Yeah, at least this was the same, you know, villain trying to come back again. And it was a new team trying to stop it. The, I like just like how they connected it. Oh, the metal that they built the building in New York was mined out of this mine in Oklahoma. <laughs> this and Evo Shandor was like he came out here because of the mineral deposits and all that kind of stuff. Like I, I felt like it was set up much better than there's another empire and they've built another death star, but it's bigger, you know, <laughs> I agree. I agree with you on that one, Ben. It's I a do. planet this time. Yeah. All right, guys, we do so, have to, I, I'm going to, before we move on, all right. <laughs> just, we have the blessing of having somebody that's here. Oh, well, did have somebody. I know. I was gonna ask him. Oh. Basically after hearing all of our ranting and other stuff of us eighties people, you know, like, because it was basically for his generation that I think they made a lot of these changes to get kind of more yeah. of this thing. So if he does he return, made a good point about that. Yeah. I would yeah. like to just hear his rebuttal. Cause he's basically the audience that they were trying to appeal to. I think the most, even yep. as much as, you know, the fan people we are. Yeah. Well, that's I a do hard love balance. The fact- Go ahead. Ben. Hard balance. What- I was going to say, it's a hard balance. How do you, you know, of course, in Hollywood, they just want to re- reboot the franchises because that's where they think, you know, all their money is, you know, original is too risky. But how do you reboot the franchise, make it for a modern audience, but also appease the audience that liked it in the first place? It's a hard balance to strike. Mm-hmm. It really is. It and is. that's also a reason why Finn Wolfhard was in it. I mean, he's in two franchises. That he's the, both. Yeah, he's the eighties nostalgia kid. This yeah. is not his first time dressing up in, as a Ghostbuster, is it? Yeah, it's true. No. Also, I was laughing because when he goes into the house, I'm like, where have I seen this before? It was cool. I, was like, I did like that. Are we, That's are we flashing cool. back to it? Is there going to be a clown? Like, I, I don't know. Oh, that would have been great. All right, guys. Thank you so much for talking about this. I, I think I don't think anyone here disliked the movie. I think we all liked the movie. Um, so I... I I think we, we, we all give it kind of a thumbs up. We're going to have to come up with some kind of movie rating system here in the con guy so that we can have kind of ratings. All right.
Five and gym we, heads. And we can't. <laughs> <laughs> oh Austin, he'll be able to come on and give final thoughts, and then he'll jump off for the next. He okay. won't be part of the next segment. But did you want to do the? I know you're gonna do the Black Friday thing. Did you want to do all the Ghostbusters merch stuff I sent you guys real quick while we're still kind of on the subject? Or yeah. So let's do that. Okay. So, um, and since we're gonna merge a little bit of Austin coming on, is he coming on, Luke? Yeah, he said he was. Okay. okay, so we'll try to get his final closing thoughts. But yeah, we're moving into Black Friday stuff and um, a lot of cool stuff that is going to be coming out this week. And and not necessarily all this stuff is just Black Friday specific, but it's all available this week. You can get it this week because I know, Luke, you want to share some stuff as well. But um, while we wait for Austin, I'm going to go ahead and go through what Jake – wait, wait, here's oh, Austin. Here let's, let, let's let Austin okay. give his final thoughts so he yeah, can we'll, jump off. we'll release him. Look. He was there. Oh. Oh. There he is. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> no, me and Luke are both hitting add to add him in. And okay. So Austin, real quick before we lose you again, what like Luke was asking you a question. What was it, Luke? Yeah. So with all of what we're saying, you are the target audience for this of like, let's bring in the Stranger Things vibe. Let's kind of do this whole kind of thing. So like as much as we're fanboys, they're trying to kind of get because, you know, the people our age off have kids like kind of your age and younger. So as being kind of part of that targeted audience, you know, what were your thoughts based on what we're saying? Did they do the right thing by going this direction or how did you feel? I don't even know if you've seen the original. Have you? Yeah, I've seen the original. Um, not, I'm not, like, super knowledgeable about it, but I have seen it. Well, then you are the perfect audience. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, yeah. Um, I like the look of it. Like, sure, they could have been a little more funny with it, like the way Paul Rudd usually is, but um, it was more adventurous. So it kind of gave it a different, like, genre, so to speak. Um, I'm kind of a scare scaredy cats so i got a little scared on one or two parts um you got scared what, what part scared you it's the jump scares you know when she's in like the down like the bunker and all that stuff and then there's a, just that blank like crack in the wall mm -hmm. i know and what you're talking about i get i get what you're saying austin it's just... like yeah. that terrifies me like i could have been now i'm gonna look around the corner and i'm gonna see that like so it's like it's the small stupid things but um I thought it was really cool. Like, um, I've seen the like the granddaughter Phoebe, um, mm -hmm. and young Sheldon. So I kind of like how she brought her personality from that into it, where it's still believable as a kid. Mm -hmm. She's just a really, really like nerdy kid. Yeah, I can't really relate. I'm not that smart, but I'm sure <laughs> other people can. Um, it was more of like the stranger, the stranger um, things kid that I was like, he's playing a little bit too cool, but he kind of has yep. a good alibi with trying to impress the girl. Yeah, like I wish he had a little bit more of the, I don't know if you've seen it, but he was a little more like bigger personality, more funny, kind of snarky with his comments and other stuff in the movie It, where this one he had a little more of the Stranger Thing where he was kind of like more Mike, a little more shyer. But he had a coolness to him, but he was a little more shy than he has been in some other stuff or than he is in real life if you follow him on like social media and stuff. Because he's, yep. he's got a big personality. He's a musician type and all that. Yeah, no, for sure. Oh, um, no. Also, to add on to um, the thing you said about the, um, what was it, the whole why he left the house, I can kind of relate with him, though, um, with where his viewpoints were. Because for him, like, he, I feel like if I were him and I was, like, a viewpoint, is that he found it easier for her, for him to think that 
he left his daughter then bring him into this world of craziness because she didn't really know too much. Like, it seemed like Paul Rudd's character was the only one who really knew about really any of the Ghostbusters. So it almost made it easier by not knowing her. Yeah. So yeah. He, he white-fanged her. You probably don't know that term either because that's an old term. The movie white- he white-fanged her. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Where you basically kind of like, oh, no, I can't be around you because, you know, it's like the best thing for them. So you take kind of the the bad role just because they know they're protecting you by not keeping you around. So White Fangs on Disney Plus. I just watched it a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Ethan Hawke, right? Ethan Hawke. Yeah. So, Austin, I guess last question, then we can let you go. So do you agree? I mean, do you think that they did a good – for someone like you who is not super familiar with the original film, like it's not it's not what you grew up with. It's not you, this film by itself. You think is a, is a good film? Yeah, it was really entertaining to watch. Like yeah. it kept my attention the entire time for sure. Um, there were some points where I got a little annoyed at the dialogue because I'm like it's kind of slow. Yeah, but um, I definitely did enjoy it. I didn't know there was a second end scene though, so now I'm kind of upset. I might go to YouTube immediately oh. after this. Ah. <laughs> There you go. So, um, well, this this is a big deciding factor. Austin's a movie collector. Will you be buying this film? Ooh, I don't know. Like, I've gotten really cheap money, but um, it's definitely worth watching again. Like, I'll rent it for sure. Cool, cool. Comic Con special deals. All right, I think we're done here, folks. If we keep on going, we're gonna fall over dead because we need to <laughs> eat and use the bathroom. All right, thank you so much, everybody, for watching the Con Guy Show this week. You can find me here at thekonguy.com, also at James D. Fry on Instagram, Jim Fry LA on Twitter. And is my closing statement, one more thing I'm thankful for. I just wanted to save it to the end. I'm thankful for the the people on the show. They have been a blessing in my life, and I really do love you guys. You guys have really made this show something fun, and we have gone many years by many, like three so in the world of podcasts, where most podcasts, the average podcast lasts 10 episodes, and we are up over, I think, 250. I think okay. this is reason to celebrate. All right. I'm thankful for you guys. All right, Jake. You can find me on Instagram at the Jacob System, And I just want to say thanks again for having me on. It's always awesome getting to talk to you guys and expressing our love over fandom and geeky stuff. So. And I love the fact you got so many Ghostbusters collectibles. That was the best. Best. I don't, I don't have that. I don't have that. All right. Tease me. <laughs> and I just want to say a final thank you to Jake being the one that kind of showed me Ghostbusters, the movies for the first time. I saw the cartoon that we maybe briefly mentioned earlier with the boogeyman scared me and my sister to death. <laughs> Wasn't allowed to watch the cartoon anymore. So I didn't really have a lot of Ghostbusters in my life till I probably saw i think i saw it in middle school with jake i think we watched both of them at our friend probably it was probably this copy yeah robbie's house (laughs) that copy right there so thankful for you jake for being you're welcome buster buddy (laughs) you can find me on instagram and on twitter at cheese on couch and also the con guy.com all right and katie uh, you can find that's KT underscore Christina across all social media, TikTok and Twitch. And if you like watching someone get really frustrated and be completely terrible at gaming, uh, when I'm streaming, you can join me. Um, I haven't been streaming a lot, but hoping to get back into it as the holidays come in. Uh, but just the nerdy girl of the con guy, very active on Twitter, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, uh, if you ever have anything you want, 
you have a small business who's having a Black Friday deal, please tweet us. We'll try to like get you to retweet or something because yep. I know a lot of us want to sometimes support businesses that are small because we all know that it is your livelihood and it's been a rough year. So let us know and we'll try to get that a shout out on Twitter. Yes, so. the Saturday after Black Friday is Small Business Saturday. Support your small businesses, guys. Also, just to tag on to what you're saying there, Katie, Andy Harrow said yes. it's also the 20th anniversary of Xbox and Halo. Yep. Cool. All right, Ben, if you could take us out then. Halo 2 was my jam. That was my jam back in college. In college, Halo 2 was my jam. <laughs> anyway, uh, Hey everybody! Happy Thanksgiving to all of you. I um not to not to step on on Jim, but I I am also very thankful for this podcast and and Jim and Luke, you guys brought me into the fold and and uh, you know I met Katie through this podcast and she's uh, a close friend of mine and and Breeze now and we we love her and of course we love you guys and Jake. I've had a blast. The few times we've hung out in person, uh, I've had a blast and always love hearing what you have to say and whenever you're in on a, a text chat or anything like that. So I am very, very thankful for, for all you guys and, and all you folks that watch us every week, all four of you or whomever. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but yeah. And um, yeah, thanks. And I am thankful for that hashtag show, which hosts our show on their, on their network um, and thankful for cons. You know, I could go on. Uh, I'm thankful for a lot of things. Uh, but I'm also thankful that after an hour and 48 minutes, we're ending our show for tonight. And uh, so remember, <laughs> folks, my name is Ben Cleaver. You can find me at B-E-N-K-L-I-E-W-E-R on Twitter and Instagram, or you can search the hashtag BK421. This has been the Con Guy Happy Hour podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Happy Thanksgiving. And remember, the reason that I'm drinking out of this red cup is because whenever Ben Cleaver shows up, it's always a party. Good night, everybody. <laughs> thanks for listening to the con guy show the official program of the conguy.com find us on the weeby geeks collective or anywhere you listen to podcasts and now on sci-fi.radio saturdays at four o'clock eastern one o'clock pacific both a.m and p.m that's nine o'clock greenwich it's sci-fi for your wi-fi this has been a broadcast of the eso network be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.